Hey everybody, welcome to An American F1. I'm your host, Brendan Klein, and we are doing our end of the week tidbits. Yes, end of the week tidbits because it's just a little sprinkling of F1 news and racing news that you might find interesting, you might not. But we're not really previewing the race, although it is pretty exciting to say that starting on Sunday, we will be entering race week again. We're going to the Jetta Cornish circuit, which I gotta say, Jetta... You know, I know it has a lot of hate, I think mostly because of the politics surrounding Saudi Arabia. And we know what the politics in F1 are, right? We know it's pretty crazy. But I think as a track, how do we feel about the Jetta Corny circuit? Personally, I love the track. I think it's got some nice undulating turns. It's 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 long, it's fast, it's it's crazy at times, it's dangerous, it's it's kind of, I, and I know saying dangerous, I don't mean dangerous in the sense that, you know, somebody's going to die there, I mean dangerous in the fact that it gives you the sense that the cars are on the edge, like, uh, I mean, the, the skill it takes to really drive that track, I mean, hey, listen, I've played it a few times in F122 and I suck at that track, but I think when you see a true F1 car, on the Jetta Cornish circuit. Yes, it's a like one of these hybrid made for permanent street circuits, but I really think that the Jetta Cornish circuit, I also love saying that Cornish, Jetta Cornish circuit. I really do think it is a sexy F1 track. And when you see uh, F1 drivers really go at that track showing their true skill, it's it's beautiful. It's a beautiful track with its undulating turns and, and its fast segments. And I think it's, I think it's actually a nice track. And really, have the races there been so bad? We've now had two races there, and I think they both lived up to at least some sort of hype in some way. I mean, if we think back to what the first race was in 2021 at the end of the season, that we had that whole duel between Max and Lewis, and that was with the whole um, brake check incident. And then 2022, we had a lot of interesting racing too. So... Uh, I think that was between Max and Charles Leclerc. I mean, you know, it's an interesting track. I think it delivers on the promises when it was created. And I know it does have a lot of its detractors, but I really love this track. And I'll get more into that, you know, as we talk later in the week. But some F1 news and tidbits, really just sharing my opinion on things I've read recently. And I don't know, I try to keep up with the F1 Twitter sphere. It's a lot going on on F1 Twitter. But I try to catch up with some big pieces of news. So I guess we'll jump right into it with the big story. And that is how we feeling, Mercedes fans. I just want a, a pulse check. Are we are we feeling all right? Uh, let's face it. 2022 and the start of 23 have not been kind to Mercedes at all. And I know George Russell got that win last year. But it's really been a big struggle. And, you know... Mercedes was one of the few teams going into this new era of F1 with these new regulations. They were one of the few teams to come up with, and again, I am completely unqualified to make any sort of logical aerodynamic opinion on this, but based on the fact that they are the only team to go with this innovation, this this whole no side pods thing, and, uh, you know, it, it just seems that it's not working out for Mercedes, that this is really, really hurting Mercedes or whatever stage in their development that they thought they were going to see and what they could build off of of 2022 is really uh, not there. So entering 23, a team that we thought was going to be able to at least, 
maybe not match Red Bull's level because Red Bull right now is above and beyond all the teams in the sport, right? Red Bull is just flat out destroying everybody. But I think we would have thought Mercedes would have cl- uh, would have closed that gap a little bit. And I think also part of it has become that we're so used to Mercedes dominance that when we see Mercedes failing, it really is alarming. But, you know, things aren't so good at the Mercedes camp. Uh, Lewis Hamilton, not really uh, thrilled there, it seems. he's. It, it's kind of weird to hear Lewis make such comments that he did, you know, basically saying that, you know, there's something along the lines I've been seeing on Twitter that, you know, Lewis Hamilton was basically ignored by Mercedes in terms of the input he was suggesting with the car and some changes he would have liked to see. And, you know, I think that's eye-opening. I think it's eye-opening when a driver like Lewis who, yeah, I think a lot of people trust and is obviously a world-renowned, one of the best drivers ever on an F1 grid when he's saying something like this about his team. You know, it should get a few heads start to scratch. And, you know, we've heard that Mercedes has had the equivalent of, I, I don't know if you guys, I mean, I'm sure everybody knows about this kind of meeting, but it's common in American sports, at least when there is a big struggle, you'll hear about, you know, the closed door meeting be ta- behind the team. Like, you know, basically that if a sports team is struggling, you hear about the coach closing the door or maybe not even the coach sometimes, maybe just team leaders closing that door, trying to figure out the situation, regroup and, Mercedes apparently had an equivalent of those after Bahrain and they're working hard. I think they even made an Instagram post about like something uplifting, like, you know, uh, working hard, even when like the chips are down, something along those lines, something sympathetic like that. But we know Mercedes is working hard. We know they're going to develop a car and try to make a car competitive. And I just think it's crazy to look at what the struggles going on at Mercedes really are. And to see that they're struggling this much is definitely eye-opening. And, you know, the speculation has begun with Lewis, you know, famously, I don't think Lewis has any mega, mega year-by-year contracts that we know of. And, you know, like a multi-year type of contract deal. And, you know, the speculation is, will Lewis stick around with Mercedes if the car continues to struggle will he sign up for that team and continue and you know part of me understands this argument part of me says yeah lewis is a driver he's a driver's driver lewis wants to be on a winning team let's face it and lewis has gone through struggles like this he's had those poor mclaren years where he wasn't able to win consistently in that car or compete for a championship i could say in that car you know he had his down years but It really is weird, right? Since he's been a part of Mercedes, that team has been one of the dominating teams, if not the most dominating team in F1 history. So it's very, very difficult to, you know, watch Lewis Hamilton struggle like this coupled with Mercedes. It's just something I don't think we expect. But, you know, I was thinking too, right? Like, yeah, Mercedes had this incredible run eight world constructor championships in a row mercedes undoubtedly has or had a great run and they have great infrastructure they have great leaders but 
like we see in all sports teams, right? Like dominance is never forever. You know, at some point there is going to be that lull and this could be for Mercedes that lull. I mean, we've seen it happen with Red Bull. We've seen it happen with Ferrari. We're seeing it with Mercedes. This isn't anything new in Formula One. You know, as teams are good, other teams are hungry. Other teams are going to compete and other teams, yeah, are going to surpass that team that once had a dynasty. Sometimes it's quick. Sometimes it's not. And we are seeing right now Mercedes enter their their low era. Right now for Mercedes, this is probably the lowest of lows since they've entered the sport. You could argue, you know, those years they were in, but, I mean, they were a fledging team. Now it's it's hard to see as a established team, a team that is synonymous now. If any new F1 fan thinks about Mercedes, they think about winning. Anybody that is a new F1 fan thinks about Lewis Hamilton, they're going to associate it with winning, right? So to see the struggles with Mercedes, and we know Lewis still wants that eighth world championship, and, you know, it, it's, it, it hasn't happened yet, and it doesn't look like it will happen this year. And, you know, you got to wonder, what are Lewis's options? What What is out there if he does decide to leave Mercedes? And really, I guess the only logical move, right? Like, the only logical move. The only plausible move, I think in my head, right, would probably be to Ferrari. Where else would Lewis Hamilton go? He's not going to go anywhere else. And if you're thinking of a team that maybe is going to be on the up and up next, maybe it is Ferrari. I know Ferrari is still struggling with their reliability issues. They're going through a lot of restructuring. But if you feel confident in what Fred Vasseur is going to do, I mean, I think... Speaking of other news tidbits, it seems like Fred Vasseur is really ready to reorganize a lot of the um, internal management, internal, um, what am I looking for here? The internal logistics, the internal, what is the word? Internal workings of Ferrari. Uh, getting rid of some people, moving some people to the side, switching people's assignments, putting people on the, you know, quote unquote gardening leave, just really trying to rearrange the system at Ferrari to hopefully give that team a chance to compete for championships. And, you know, it is kind of crazy. I think I'm just like, and I'm going to probably talk more about this often, but it is kind of crazy to think that we are in week one of the F1 season and we're already pretty much writing off this year. We're pretty much saying that this is Red Bull's year. And, you know, I don't think that's unreasonable. I think it's quite evident from looking at the results of Bahrain that we'd want to say that. But you never know which way development goes. You never know what teams are going to be able to close the gap. I mean, even thinking back to 2021, right, that battle between Lewis and Max, you know, for a while, it seemed like Max was going to run away with it. And, you know, eventually Mercedes caught up in the development game. And, you know, I guess the big difference there being that we kind of had a more alternating style, but it looked like Max was going to be able to run away with it. And unfortunately had, you know, some bad luck at Hungary, um, some results that were just, you know, obviously the contact at Silverstone uh, and that ended up playing a role but i mean even last year right we, we saw ferrari start to run away with it or we thought that this was going to be 
a season that Ferrari was running away with in 2022 and Red Bull caught up and they caught up in a quick way and surpassed Ferrari and obviously Ferrari was also hampered by their own mistakes so you know early F1 decisions early F1 uh, conclusions while they may seem logical and a lot of people in the paddock seem to support this idea it doesn't mean it's the end doesn't mean it's the end of the road for uh this season you never know what can come up uh you know people are talking about aston martin being able to fight for victories maybe if they get their act together too i mean aston martin looked strong going into obviously that first race but again they still got to be able to perform they still got to be able to get done what they need to get done as well to either fight for second or third in the constructors or surpass that or even, you know, give Red Bull a legitimate challenge. And Ferrari, for what it's worth, didn't look slow. Charles Leclerc was, you know, in third for a lot of the race until he had his reliability issues. But, you know, it's it's crazy. I know there were rumors back in the day of Lewis wanting to go to Ferrari. I know Lewis has been quoted as saying he would like to race for Ferrari. You know, this was, you know, years ago. But I think every child that is in F1, right has that dream if you were if you were part of if you're at least you know 35 or younger i would think that one of your dreams would be all right maybe not 35 or younger but if you're between the ages of 35 and 20 right now i feel like your dream or even older like 40 to 20 i feel like part of your dream yes would be to end up on an f1 team driving for ferrari so i mean say what we want i know there's speculation going around unreasonable to expect Lewis to leave Mercedes? No. Do I think it's actually going to happen? To be honest, I mean, there would have to be a big falling out, you would think, right? Because, and I know, you know, it's a results-driven business, but it's just like trying to picture how that breakup would be, right? Like, I, I think Toto would be grateful for what Lewis has brought to the team, but I feel like if if Lewis were to leave Mercedes on this kind of standing, it would be obviously it wouldn't define Lewis's career. Obviously not. Um, but it would just leave not the right taste, right? Not the right, not the right feeling when he left. You know, it would feel like just like a mission incomplete. You thought that would have been the team that would have been able, well. I mean, arguably, they would have been able to get Lewis's eighth World Drivers Championship if not for uh, a certain set of circumstances that have been beaten to death by now. Um, but, yeah, it's just crazy to imagine that we are in a season where this might be speculation. And for this to be early speculation, it is what it is. We'll have to see the season evolve and develop. But you never know. that That is a distinct possibility that... If things do not go the way Lewis would like, and again, I think Lewis is a guy who is going to be committed to giving the team the best chance they can, but I would not be surprised to hear, you know, through the rumor mill and things like that, that, you know, Lewis is trying to leave the team or something like that in some form or another, but too early to speculate that, way too early. We'll see what Mercedes can do if they can bridge that gap. It looks like they have a big hill to climb. Big, 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 big hill to climb. And we really don't know how they're going to fix it. And it's going to take a lot. The other driver, speaking of teams that 
aren't doing so well and teams that seem to be struggling and teams that have not really satiated their driver. That would be McLaren. And, you know, for McLaren to be where they're at and Lando Norris to be struggling with that team as well, that is, you know, a whole situation that I don't think... Depends who you talk to. Some people have said, yeah, I've seen this coming. It's been looking like it's been going on for a while. And it looks like, you know, it's something that we're not really surprised about. But at the same point, in the same regard, if you're Lando Norris, how long do you want to wait around at McLaren? How long do you want to be idle at that team? I think, you know, it's been mentioned in the past that I guess Lando flirted with Red Bull a little bit. Could Lando end up there? Maybe if Lewis left Mercedes, would Lando hop over to Mercedes? Maybe give some an opportunity there. But again, we're talking about these teams like they're guaranteed wins. And one thing we've learned from F1, nothing is guaranteed. There are stories of drivers who, yeah, have had these opportunities, have had, you know, seemingly great opportunities with good teams. And we've seen even recent ones, you know, uh, even if you're talking about Charles Leclerc and Ferrari, who... Charles Leclerc is a very, very, very talented driver. Probably one of the most talented on the grid, but hasn't had that great opportunity yet to prove his worth because Ferrari hasn't been there. We've seen Fernando not be able to win a championship you know, with Ferrari. We've seen Sebastian Vettel encounter the same problem. So these teams that you know have looked like good opportunities to jump ship you know, they might get your race win here or there, but to fight for a driver's championship, Formula One, it really does take a complete effort, and it is a team sport. And, you know, finding that right team, there are scores of drivers who have jumped ship only to jump ship to the wrong team at the wrong time. You know, a team that might have been looking good that faltered. Um, you know, Maybe you're lucky like Fernando. Maybe you're hitting it right at Aston Martin at the right time, but you just never know. And with the way cost regulations, cost caps are now, the wind tunnel penalties for, I guess you can call them penalties or taxes for doing better. There's all these things that kind of have bridged the gap. And, you know, obviously Red Bull has been able to find something great and emulate success, but it doesn't mean success is going to be guaranteed year in and year out. And I'm sure we're going to see teams... One team is going to, who knows how long this Red Bull dominance is going to last. It could last until the new era in 2026. It might not last that long. It might falter next year. But the fact is, we're going to see a team supplant Red Bull as well as we've seen. We're going to see this happen. It's just a matter of what team do you go to? And if you're Lando Norris, what what do you do? Do you try to stick it out with McLaren? Is there really, will McLaren actually be a championship team anytime soon you know we know they're behind in this wind tunnel um development i think i read somewhere today that the actual cars using their new wind tunnel won't be developed till 2025 so if you're lando how long are you waiting to be at the level you want to be how long can you wait how long can you afford to wait so you know that's been another big question going around in you know the f1 twitter sphere and community and things like that But in some other more happy news, if you're an F1 fan and you're a NASCAR fan, kind of like me, 
if you like IMSA, if you like IndyCar, it's actually really cool. One of the one of the coolest races. So I really like NASCAR is gaining some kind of traction again, I think, with the types of races they're holding. And I think the Formula One appeal too and the open wheel appeal is kind of starting to, you know, leach its way into Formula uh into NASCAR as well. So one of the things I think is pretty cool is there is a NASCAR race at Circuit of the Americas and we are going to have a banger of a lineup. I mean, the drivers, the quality of drivers that are coming to NASCAR now to participate in these different races. I also love that NASCAR uh, is going to have a car at Le Mans, the Le Mans 24. I think that's the 24-hour Le Mans. I think that's awesome. And one of the coolest things about this is it's kind of bringing Jensen Buttons driving it, right? So Jimmy Johnson, I think... Um, it's not Jordan Taylor. There was somebody else. I forgot who the other person is, and this is going to drive me nuts. Uh, but the fact is, I think it's pretty cool that we have these drivers starting to enter other um, series. So NASCAR, we have Trackhouse Racing owned by Pitbull and um, Justin Marks. They've been uh, reaching out to drivers to enter their cars. So one of the coolest things is um, that... At Circuit of the Americas, we'll have Kimi Raikkonen in the 91 Trackhouse car. We're going to have Jensen Button. I would have never imagined in my life... Oh, Mike Rockenfeld. That was the other one. I would have never imagined in my life Jensen Button in an NASCAR race. And now we have Jensen Button, who is going to be racing in the 15 of Rick Rare Racing. Rick Rare... Wow. Rick Rare Racing at Circuit of the Americas as well. So that's going to be cool. So Kimmy Jensen, two F1 champions. Jordan Taylor, a noted sports car driver. And Connor Daly from IndyCar. So really, I think I, I love when these drivers from these road course, other European connections outside of North America racing, inside North America racing, but openly, I love seeing that cross-sport um, cross-sport mingling. I love it. And I'm really interested to see it because honestly, one of the things I think about, and I just think about how great it is for both sports, still fresh in my mind, the one way I got into F1, and you know, I dabbled in, I always have loved auto racing. Since I was a little kid, I've always watched auto racing, loved especially NASCAR. Obviously, I, I fell in love with the road courses at NASCAR, so that was one of my like first introductions to hey, these things not on ovals are really cool. And then I think back to I forgot what year it was, but Jeff Gordon and Juan Pablo Montoya switched cars at the Indy Road Course, and that got me interested in Formula One. And basically, like since that moment, I've been watching both. And you know, it was a great era to be alive for Formula One to watch. Uh, but I really think that by doing this, you do appreciate other forms of racing. It gives you exposure because, listen, I know a lot of people, especially in the European audience, not big NASCAR fans. Even a lot of Americans, not big NASCAR fans. I'm not going to lie. Not the most exciting type of racing. But give the road courses a try. I think you might like it. And if you like racing, if you like any type of racing... I think you'll find it interesting. And with a lineup of drivers that includes Jensen Button, Kimi Raikkonen, Jordan Taylor, Connor Daly, 
there's definitely some appeal to it. There are some drivers I still want to see. I want to see. I can picture Roman Grosjean one day entering, maybe a Daniel Ricciardo. I would love. I this is a pipe dream, but honestly, I think it would be so cool to see Lewis Hamilton in a NASCAR car. Will he do it? Probably not. But I can picture. I can picture Max. Daniel Kvyat has. There are a lot of drivers in Formula One that I could actually picture trying to wheel. And probably successfully. Kimi Raikkonen wasn't doing a bad job. Unfortunately, got caught up in a little stupid accident when he was racing at Watkins Glen. But, I mean, he's familiar with Circuit of the Americas. He's a little more familiar with these NASCAR race cars. So, I want to see what Kimi Raikkonen can do in his second start. So, uh, yeah, going to be interesting. Jensen Button's going to have a ton of experience driving something like a NASCAR car with Lamar. So, maybe, you know, by the time he gets into the kart Circuit of the Americas, maybe he could be competitive too. So, Definitely interesting. I'm excited. I'm hyped. We're going into another race week. I will catch up with you guys before the Saudi Arabian Grand Prix at the Jeddah Corniche Circuit. Until then, keep watching some F1 news. Enjoy listening to this. Follow me on Twitter at AmericanF1, and you can see all the stupid comments and opinions I have on Formula One and other forms of motorsport. Thank you again for listening. Have a wonderful day.